Hello, my friends. Before we begin this episode, I want to tell you about a new workshop that I have for you. And it's all about the three pillars of confident parenting. In this workshop, which is going to be uh, one and a half to two hours, we're going to talk about the parenting map and how you can use the free principles of the parenting map to gain more confidence in your parenting and take better care of your children and yourself so that you can enjoy calmer days and build better relationship with your children. If you want to learn more about that, go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash workshop. Now to the episode. Oh my God, did you hear? The vaccinations are coming. Oh, I'm not talking about, of course, the COVID-19 vaccinations, because that's not something we're talking about in this podcast. Here, we're talking about parenting and psychology, and I'm talking about psychological immunity. What is psychological immunity, and why should you think about it? All of that after the intro. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Ron Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Ron Katz. All right, all right, my friends, welcome to episode number 44 of the Apparently Parent Podcast. I am very happy that you are joining with me today for this discussion about psychological immunity. And I want to start with a story. And this is the story of a guy named David Vedder, and you probably well know him as the Bubble Boy. So David was a guy, a child, who was born with a disease that really wrecked his immunological system. He actually almost didn't have any immunological system, so he was very, very prone to get sick by germs and bacteria and viruses that you and I can easily brush off. This is why he was brought up inside an actual bubble. And his story is unique and sad, and the thing is that for many years there was no actual cure. I'm not sure if there is one today, uh, except helping the immunological system to go back on track. And this was done by uh, transplanting bone marrow. But unfortunately, they couldn't detect back then that this bone marrow had traces of a dormant virus. So when he was, I think, 14 or 15 years old, he got this uh, bone marrow donation. uh, But unfortunately, a couple of weeks later, he died because of a disease he suffered from the dormant virus. And this is what happens when he, quote-unquote, stepped out of the bubble. Now, why am I telling you this story, this tragic story of David Vedder, a.k.a. the bubble boy? Because in a crude way, it's kind of a metaphor of what I want to talk with you about today when you talk about Im- uh, psychological immunity. Because I see many parents today uh, talking to me, my clients, consultations, even on, on Facebook groups and questions that I receive. Many parents today tend to avoid the more negative aspects of life. For example, I get many questions regarding how should we or even should we discuss death with our children or other sad matters? 
I'm seeing many questions of, of parents who are afraid to tell their children the word no because if it's because it's negative and, and can create negative emotions. For many parents, there are strong-held beliefs such as, "I must not cry in, fri- in front of my children." Or anger is, is futile and you should not be angry. How many times do you hear parents say, or maybe you have said so yourself, all is well. There's nothing to, be, to cry about. It's okay. Or, you know, it, it's, it's wrong to be mad. You shouldn't be angry. Or, you know, you and your brother have to get along. You shouldn't be angry with each other. You should never fight with each other. Or maybe something sad is happening and, you know, just don't be sad about it. Just move on. Just get over it. Or, or parents who are just trying to fix things for their children so that they won't experience any hardships. So they do things instead of their children. They do their uncomfortable conversations for them, for example. So you can think of children growing up this way, kind of, in a psychological bubble, without ever really developing their psychological immune system. And then, when they step out of the bubble, usually it happens in adolescence or early adulthood, they just can't cope. Depression, low self-esteem, anxiety, all of these hit them like a speeding train in front of a dumbfounded deer. So in an essence, in our effort to create a safe environment and a safe place for our children, in our effort to create a wonderful, happy childhood worthy of all the Instagram likes in the world, we are actually robbing our kids from crucial life lessons that grow up to crucial life skills. Because what does it mean to be psychologically immune? I want you to take the time right now and try to imagine your child facing anything that may be challenging, something small or something big. And how do you wish for them to feel or act in those moments? Right now or, or in a couple of years or maybe 30 years from now. For example, imagine your child going through their first romantic breakup or being fired. Okay, let's, let's take the breakup, for example. And I, I want you to take the time right now. Don't just listen to this and move along. I want you to actually take the time and really imagine that. And if you can't do that right now, do it later. Come back to this and do this. It's a powerful exercise. Try to really imagine your child in a situation like a breakup. And yes, maybe your child is three years old right now. So imagine them, her or him, at, I don't know, let's say 20 years old. And imagine their boyfriend, their first serious boyfriend or girlfriend, just dump them. Can you really imagine that? Try to. Try to see that as vividly as possible, because when when you imagine those things as vividly as possible, your brain starts to work. So how do you wish for your child in that situation 
so many years from now, to feel and act. Now, I am sure that you don't want your child to suffer. You love your child. You don't want them to suffer. However, breakups can be an inevitable part of life. And the subsequent negative emotions that come with breakups, they are inevitable as well. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so much better if your children could cope with those emotional mayhems with stride without breaking into little pieces? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you want them to be able to experience that breakup? And yeah, they may be sad and, and eat a pint of ice cream each night for a couple of days. They may be angry. They may be confused. They may be all of those things. But they will cope. They will rise up. Maybe better, maybe not. But they will rise up. And they will continue their life. They will learn the lesson. They will move on. They will not break too little pieces. So you can see how psychological immunity can work here. Am I right? Because your child is bound to encounter the psychological germs of life. So in, in biology we have bacteria and we have viruses. But in the emotional realm we have people ditching you. We have people criticizing you, people insulting you, and your children are bound to have those experiences as well, unless you want to keep them in a bubble, in a psychological or a practical bubble, not encountering the world. And even then, what a sad life that may be. So sadness and loneliness are there as well. You cannot run away from those negative situations. The world is imperfect, my friends, and we should be happily preparing our children for that. Because in that way, we are giving them a wonderful present, a gift. We are helping them become the secure and confident adults that can really do something in this world. They can really have an impact in this world. They will be better Husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and parents and employers and employees and whatever. Because they would not break up so easily because they would be confident. They would be immune to all those negative imperfections. I'm not saying that they won't ever suffer anxiety or depression, and I am definitely not saying that anyone who is suffering from depression or anxiety or any low self-esteem or any other psychological disorder or, or trouble or whatever you may call it is bad or is at fault or whatever. We all have those moments in our lives. I don't know anyone who's who doesn't suffer from something. And I'm a shrink. I've been a shrink for a decade. I see those people all the time. I'm one of them myself. The question is not how you become a perfect 
super healthy, super mental healthy person. Because being super mental healthy doesn't mean you never suffer. It means you learn how to live with that suffering, how to cope with that suffering. And yes, sometimes it takes time and sometimes you fail. And it's okay to break down. And then you can rise up. You can go back. You can continue. But in order to do that, you need to have your immune system at place. So yeah, your children will have people teaching them, criticizing them, insulting them. But being immune means being able to hear those bad news. Be criticized, be insulted, without having their day ruined, without having them falling into the rabbit hole of, of, of really low self-esteem and self-blame. And feeling like bad persons, crappy people, not worthy of love because you are all and we are all worthy of love so how do you help your child develop a psychological immune system because we don't have any anti-anxiety shots right we cannot take a pill to inoculate ourselves from depression so there are a couple of, of things that in your daily lives with your children you can do in order to build that immunity um, psychological immunity system and let's start with play now playing is is i think it's the best way to encounter emotional trouble because it's a controlled environment this is why children play all the time and not only children do you, you see dogs playing with each other and how do they play they attack each other but in a controlled manner as long as playing is done in a safe manner both physically and emotionally children can thrive because they are able to confront themselves in many aspects. This is, by the way, one of the reasons many people enjoy horror movies because they enjoy the experience of fear in a controlled, safe environment. So when you play with your children, okay, whatever you're playing with them and, you know, adapt it to their age and abilities, but maybe try not to let them win every once and then. Maybe try um, to let them lose and then help them cope with the quote-unquote humiliation they may suffer or experience or the anger. I can give you the example of my boy who really doesn't like to lose and it's a struggle to help him cope with the anger that rises up. And you can think of many different moments of, of playing with your children when something is not happening their way how do they react what do they feel and if you're the kind of parent who tries to always make them feel happy you're doing them a disservice and it's really easy to fall into that happy-go-lucky trap but it's a real trap so you can really use play and playing situations and games and it can be board games or imagination games or Legos or whatever to help your children experience some negative emotions such as sadness of losing or anger or, or fear of losing or just coping with the humiliation again, quote-unquote humiliation, I think now, let's talk about supporting them because sometimes bad things will happen to them outside of playing, right? 
some real bad things. They may fall down and hurt their knees. They may get dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend. They may be ditched by their best friend. They may get a really low grade in a test that they have prepared for or didn't prepare for. It doesn't matter. They may not get that puppy for Christmas that they really wanted. So what do you do? One of the worst things that we parents tend to do is to tell them that it's okay. Oh, you fell down? Now it's okay. Oh, your boyfriend dumped you? It's okay, it's okay. It's gonna be fine. Let's get something sweet. Don't tell them not to be sad and just forget it. Don't try to cover the hurt with ice cream, although ice cream should always be part of our lives, for it's truly the best thing in the world after true love. I'm sorry, Miracle Max, you got it wrong. But don't try to plaster over the hurt all the time with sweet stuff, with sweet talking, with diversions. Remember the movie Inside Out, and if you haven't watched that, I think this should be on Parenting 101, a mandatory watching assignment. And in that movie, Riley, who's the child whose mind we're seeing in that movie, Her life gets so much better after she's able to make space for both joy and sadness. And all through the movie, Joy doesn't want to give sadness any place. She doesn't let her touch anything. But only when sadness is allowed to touch stuff and gets her own space in the mind. She actually claims that space on her own. Only then... Does Riley's life change for the better? It doesn't mean Riley's life is, you know, perfect because she turns into an adolescent and all of the quirkiness of that phase. But then her experience is so much fuller. So again, don't try to, you know, cover all the bad aspects and emotions and thoughts. Also don't dwell on them. So you need to teach your children not to dwell on the bad stuff, on the bad emotions, but also not to uh, divert your eyes from them. And in the show notes of these episodes, you will find them at apparentlyparent.com forward slash 44. I will link to a previous episode. I don't remember its number right now, but um, I think it was episode number four. Anyway, I will link to a previous episode about how to be a more supporting parent. Now let's talk about modeling. Modeling, of course, I don't mean about you know any physical clothes modeling or something like that. I'm talking about showing your kids what's it like to have negative emotions. Don't be afraid to show them that you're vulnerable. Don't ask them to take care of you, of course, but it's okay to be sad next to your child. You know how many times I get asked if it's okay to cry in front of my children? Yeah, It's okay to cry in front of your children. And yeah, if you're crying all the time, maybe you should take care of something. Maybe you should seek therapy, talk to someone. I'm not talking about those situations. And I'm sure that many of you grew up with parents in those situations. I treat many people who grew up with parents in those situations. It's tough. I'm not talking about that. But every now and then, especially when you know, bad things happen, breakups, deaths. It's okay to cry. 
It's okay to, to shed tears in front of your children. They will not break from that. Even they will get stronger because they will see you as human. And they will learn that it's okay. Because if it's allowed to my parents, those who are here to keep me alive, they know something about life. If they can cry, I can cry as well. Don't be afraid of your anger as well. It's okay to be angry with, you, with your children. It's okay even if you yell at them at times. Then again, don't be consumed by that. Don't yell at them all the time. Preferably don't yell at them at all because you can you know, facilitate better communication. But sometimes your anger takes the better of you. But again, you don't need to let it consume you. And by the way, on that notion, I do have a, a workshop that you can subscribe to talking about how to become more confident in your parenting and a, a big part of that is learning how to manage your own emotions so you can live your emotions with your children live i mean not leave them to take to be taken care of by your children but you can live l-i-v-e with your emotions and your children without having those consume everybody so if you're interested in that, go to apprenticeparent.com forward slash workshop. So we are getting to the end of this episode and it's a shorter one and I think it's really an important one. I wanted to do a quick recap. Um, we're talking about what does it mean to be psychologically immune. And being psychologically immune, immune means that you are, are able to face hardships. You are able to face and disappointments, criticism, hurt, all the bad things that life can throw at you. And it doesn't matter if you're 5 years old, 15 years old, or 85 years old. Being psychologically immune means you are able to face those stuff without being broken down into pieces, without falling apart and feeling like you don't have any worth in this world without developing um, depression and anxiety in a way that hurts your way to live your life. Being psychologically immune does not mean you never feel bad. Being psychologically immune, immune means that, yeah, you will be angry, you will be hurt, you will be afraid, you will be sad, you will be disappointed, you will be criticized, you will hear bad news, you will live the full extent of the human experience, but you will be able to withstand that. And that's what makes life A. Worth living be more manageable because as you sail the oceans of lives and especially the seas of parenting you are bound to get some bad weather don't expect to not get wet when you jump into the water to swim don't expect to have smooth sailing all along but if you know how to maneuver your boat your ship whatever during the storms, around the storms, through the storms. And if you know how to take care of yourself and your children in, in those manners, you become the resilient, confident parent 
and you teach your children how to be more confident and resilient themselves. And this is what makes a good life. This is what makes opportunities happen. And this is what opens doors. And this is, I think, what we should give our children. So thank you so much for being with me today and listening to this episode. I think it's one of the most profound ones that I wanted to talk with you about. This is a, such an important uh, topic. I would really love to hear from you. How did that resonate with you? What are your takeaways? Do you agree? Maybe you're not. And that's okay. I want to hear from you. So two ways you can do so. Go to my Instagram at apparentlyparent. I'm there in the DMs. Write to me. If you have enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of your, you know, your phone listening to this episode and, and post it on Instagram and tag me at Apparently Parent. I would really appreciate that and I would love to have a conversation with you about that. Another way you can reach out to me is via my Facebook group. It's called Navigating Parenting, Raising Secure and Confident Children. As you can see, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. You can find it at apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook. It's a free group you can join right now if you want to. And, and I would love to hear your thoughts, questions, whatever you want to ask me, tell me I'm there. And um, again, if you uh, want to learn more about um, how to become more confident in your parenting and move from chaos to harmony, I have this workshop lined up for you. It's a short one and it's really affordable and it's based on my parenting map. And you can find all details at apparentlyparent.com forward slash workshop. And that's that. Without further ado, I think it's time to finish this episode for now. And I will see you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful, wonderful life with both the good and the bad. Ta-da. See ya.